Hey guys, Triple Whale is now offering post-purchase surveys absolutely free. Go check it out and enjoy the episode. When your paycheck kind of big, you don't mind it as much. <laughs> that was the other part of it. It's not like it's not like they were paying us poorly. They were paying now compared to what like a law partner in a big law firm would make, who's working not even close. But compared to statistically the rest of America, yeah, we were being very paid very well yeah. and very comfortably to work very little hours. Hello, my name is Sarah Levenger. This is the Pit Stop Podcast. Super excited today because I am being joined by one of the um, smartest people I think I've ever met. And I can tell that because he's a lawyer and lawyers clearly have to be pretty smart to do what they do. Maybe that's like an oversimplification of what you do, but I, I am in marketing and I never finished college. So I'm always very impressed by anybody that like had commitment when it came to school because I just didn't. Paul, thank you for joining me today. I'm super excited to talk to you. This is going to be an interesting conversation, I think. Uh, thank you. And thank you for that wild introduction. I do just want to go on the record and say that we're not doctors. I just want to be clear. I just want to be clear. I was three, three, three extra years of school. I did my MBA while I was there and I took a test. I actually failed the accounting test before I went to law school. It's part of the reason I went to law. If you, the... don't, if you don't fail tests, did you really go to school? That's the question. Yeah, exactly. Not, I tried to become a CPA and my, as a long story, it was a very hard test back then. I took it once. I said, never again. I want to be a lawyer. My my mother's an accountant. She took the CPA test three times. She said that test is like extremely oh, yeah. difficult. It broke Mostly me. Just because it's just in depth. It's very in depth. And this is the reason why I say I'm always impressed with lawyers. Just based upon the fact that I have a lot of psychology knowledge and I understand what test taking does to the brain. Yeah, and yeah. You guys have had to just steep yourselves in so much recall. The amount of recall lawyers have to Again, happen. we're not doctors. I'm sorry. I'm going to give this one to the doctors. And I will give this one to the accountants who are of your mother's generation because your mother, like me, took the CPA exam at a time when you had to study for a ton of information and you had to take yeah. it all in two days. Now the kids get to break it up into four. They take it to six month intervals and they can study. Do they really? Oh, oh, it's so much easier now to take the CPA so exam. Go back and take it, it again. Yeah, yeah. So I could theoretically do that. I just don't care anymore. I don't have no interest. <laughs> I'm a pretty good fail. I'm a pretty good fail. I always tell people I'm not. I might have failed the CPA exam, but I know a thing or two about it. That's all I need to know as a lawyer. That's Overall, I'm just super excited to talk to you because you've got 15 years of experience in- Is that where yeah. I'm at now? 15, I, I, 15 years. I'd have to say 17. I think somebody did the math wrong. Good graduate in really? 05. Okay. okay, I'm going to write Yeah, so even that, I yeah. 15 years. Complex corporate tax, intellectual property, and M&A matters. I mean, this is stuff that I'm like, I'm not entirely sure I understand any of those. You know what? <laughs> just sounds cool. Let's see. Let's see what I let's see what I actually know, and then your audience to determine whether or not I'm actually good at it. That sounds great to me. I would love to start at the beginning because before we started recording, we chatted just a tiny bit about the fact that you became a lawyer by accident. Is that right? Yes, by, no, I didn't How become you... a lawyer by accident. I became an, a lawyer in private practice by accident. Okay, this whole so law, Yeah, this whole starting my own law firm. You know, I used to work for some really big companies like Microsoft. Yes. I work. I lived in Seattle or Bellevue, Washington. Worked in Redmond. I worked for Walmart. I was recruited to work for Walmart over in Arkansas. I actually lived in Bentonville, Arkansas for two years. Anytime you're recruited, you know that you're like a big deal. That's yeah. And now I was recruited to go to GE, which is I'm not playing through it. But at the time I was went there. This is when GE owned NBC Universal and they were the biggest one of the biggest banks in the world. And they were it wasn't just airplane engines and spinny things. It was, they were a much bigger company, but they weren't deemed like the New York Yankees. Where you go? It's like being cold up the, and I'm not a Yankees fan, so don't take that to me. <laughs> they were the big deal. They was like big. They league. were the big deal. And so they came after me. I'm in Arkansas. 
literally I just closed on a house in Arkansas and like that same day, the recruiter what? called me. What do you think about going to G? I'm like, are you kidding me? I just was, and I knew I couldn't say wow. no. Yeah. And let me tell you, it was nice. It was really cush. It was a really cush. When you're a lawyer and you work for a big corporation, it's a nice thing. It's the opposite oh, of yeah. billable hours are not really a thing. You just have your tasks. You, you work nine to four. I don't know. A lot of long launches. I find um, that really interesting because most the majority of the people that I talk to in this particular industry got into this because they don't want the, what I would call normal, typical route of actual like career. Yeah. Nobody wants that nine to five, just give me a paycheck and I go home life. Almost well, every- when, when your paycheck kind of big, you don't mind it as much. <laughs> that was the other part of it. It's not that, like, it's not like they were paying us poorly. They were paying, you know, compared to what like a law partner in a big law firm would make, who's working, not even close, but compared to statistically the rest of America. Yeah. We were being very paid very well yeah. and very comfortably to work very little hours. And that's the trade-off of what we call in-house life. My next question then would be, why did you leave a nice cushy job mm-hmm. to do what you do? Because you're you're doing a lot of like legal stuff for online sellers now. You're like full on. Yeah, now I'm doing the exact opposite of what I wanted. <laughs> like I was at peak physical health because I had plenty of time to focus on me and it was like beautiful and life was wonderful. And I would take what? vacations and I leave my work phone home and leave the country for two weeks with my family and nobody cared. So why did I make the switch? So do you remember last like 2017, when Amazon did that big thing of the headquarters move, they took that whole village road show where they went around from state to state and said, Hey, you know, maybe we'll come here. Maybe we'll put our headquarters in mobile Ab- Alabama. There was no chance they were ever. By the way, you know how I know? Because they stole that playbook from us at GE. We actually did that first in 2016. There was this whole to do about moving our headquarters from Fairfield County, Connecticut, one of the most beautiful places in America, certainly. Why would you want to Boston, Massachusetts? And we, before we did that, we went, we did the whole show. I used to have this on my window in one of my offices in the state of Indiana, took a full page ad in the Wall Street Journal and said, friends don't let friends pay high taxes. Hey, GE, move to Indiana. Oh, okay. As All if right. we were ever going to move to Indiana. But there's a <laughs> trick. So you do that. You go state to state and they give you your best tax and incentive deal ever. It's like political campaigning, but just for brands, big brands. Yeah, you're just lobbying to get these crazy tax incentives. And then the funny part is that there can only be one winner. Well, in the Amazon's case, there was actually two, but then it ended up still just being one. But then what you do is now you've got the best tax deal potential of every state in America that participated. Yeah. And so you can start handling out, this is my favorite part, you can start handing out the consolation prizes. Like, oh, Georgia, we're so sorry you didn't get our headquarters, but, uh, you know, we do need to put a big research center there. So uh, if you want to exempt us from income tax for the rest of our existence, like you promised when we said we put the headquarters there, That's yeah, it may not be as many jobs as the last offer. Of course they're gonna... <laughs> so it's, it's a total playbook. Yeah. I'm obviously being a little bit facetious and exaggerating, although some of the stuff I'm saying is not, you know, Amazon was really evil because they did sales tax. Yeah. They did sales tax stuff. They did what they did was they said, if you let us put our headquarters here, actually it was even before the headquarters, what they did was they were putting their warehouses everywhere and saying, hey, we yeah, want to yeah. put a warehouse here in Wisconsin, but we can't collect sales tax. And they say, why not? Because if we collect, because not collecting sales tax is an advantage for us. If you were to buy a MacBook from the Apple store in Wisconsin, you're going to pay $100 of sales tax. But for now, if you buy it on Amazon, it's tax-free. So we need to have it, we have to play a little game where we're not subject to sales tax. What happened was the states all agreed to this really fraudulent, thing that was designed to basically, for lack of a better word, screw local businesses, right? So local businesses were at a financial and price disadvantage. 
compared yeah. to Amazon. So if you were a local camera store selling Nikon cameras, you had to charge the full $200 in sales tax, but somebody could walk into your store, use your research, freeload off of your employees, and then go buy it on Amazon on their phone in front of you and take As you do. I mean, as most everybody does. Everyone like, did. That's like kind of anti-competitive, right? So that was like using a tax code in a whole new weaponized way that still to this day hasn't been fully understood. But it was... As if that wasn't bad enough, they started blaming the Amazon sellers. So the state said, okay, it's been years of this. Now we got to go get some of that money. So let's blame it on the Amazon sellers, like the little Amazon sellers, like yeah, the people yeah. making 50 grand a year, like out of Not their the kitchen table. Company, just yeah. the little. <laughs> just as going after like the 1 million little businesses that can't afford to defend themselves. And they did that. And that's where me having just helped GE move from. Connecticut to Boston and my decision not to go along with the plans that they had going on there and be like searching out life and what do I want to do and actually even taking time off just to like do some really cool stuff. By accident, I wrote a blog post. Like I was asked by an Amazon consultant to write a blog post about the tax issue, about why do all these states suddenly think that a mom and pop business owner in Western Kentucky needs to have the same tax filing obligations as Walmart's. Which is yeah. absurd, right? Yeah, Could you imagine yeah, having yeah. to file as many tax return forms as Walmart if you're just a small business in Kentucky yeah. out of your house? It's insane. And it actually violates our constitution. And I teach a con law class in New York about taxes and stuff. So this is like nerdy stuff. But this is the core essence of the Commerce Clause and due process clauses of our constitution. And so I wrote a blog about it for an Amazon consultant. And that snowballed into my law practice. That snowballed into me realizing people responded. They said, oh my God, Paul, you help. I'm getting chased by California to Washington and Massachusetts. They're all coming after me. Help. Mm. I'm like, oh my God, I got to help these people. Now, before this blog post, my average client would be a multi-billion dollar company, right? Like the, the companies that I'm trained to help are multi-billion dollar companies. But what I realized is that e-commerce created this new class of business called the global small business. I coined this term. I'm taking full credit for it. Okay. And I can go back in time and prove that I coined this term because I even wrote it, I believe, in the Supreme Court brief I wrote in 2018. The global small business. Because before e-commerce and before the 90s, right, how would you be a global small, small business? It would be an oxymoron, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Ximorin, if you want to. I don't know if it's actually pronounced oxymoron or Ximorin or if it's a joke that it's not pronounced. I, I don't know. It's kind of like the word gullible is not in the dictionary joke. I'm not sure if I'm a victim of that joke right now. Anyhow, the point is, whatever it is, oxymoron. The idea of the global small business is an oxymoron, right? Yeah, yeah. Until e-commerce. Until all of a sudden, I read the story about this woman whose house was destroyed during a volcano, but she was still able to run her $10 million Amazon business out of her laptop at a nearby Starbucks. Jeez. I mean, that's a global small business, right? Yeah, yeah, you're, moving, yeah. you're importing from Starbucks. I'm sorry, you're importing from China. Maybe you're importing from Starbucks. <laughs> you're selling across multi-state, interstate yeah. commerce, international. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, so right. all of a sudden I'm saying like, oh my God, there's this whole class of small businesses that need like the help of lawyers who are trained to work in like yes. interstate and international yeah, commerce. And I'm like, we need it most so lawyers, bad. right. And most lawyers who have that training work for multi-billion dollar companies or fortune 500 or hundred million. You know. So I built this law practice around training when a lot of the lawyers who work for me really had not, I, I'm like, I don't need you to have a lot of experience because you're not going to know because the lawyers who have that experience are like, they're already billing the thousand dollars an hour to the big companies. I'm, I have to train you. And so I'm yeah. building a law practice that's designed to sort of price and be at scale for a small business owner to yeah. get access so that you can get good, decent advice. So you don't make stupid mistakes in interstate commerce and get yourself into a lot of trouble. That's my long and dramatic story. And 
The last thing I'll say is I used to be an e-commerce seller. So I actually paid for law school when I was like in the early 2002, three, four, flipping stuff on the internet, mostly DVDs. So I I also took it a little personal when they started going, because I'm like, that could have been me. Yeah. Because I used to go and sell on Amazon and eBay and half.com and Craigslist. I was flipping DVDs and like just trying to hustle, right? On the internet. It's called retail arbitrage now. Back then it was just called hustling on the internet. And that's what I was doing. And so it died oh to personally. So yeah, that's yeah. how I accidentally became an mm. entrepreneur. Love your backstory. That's very interesting to see the fact that a large scale seller such as Amazon, a large, just a large scale brand in general, one that's like taking over the world, was such a catalyst for one person's life over here. Your life completely changed because of oh, yeah. decisions that they were making just randomly. They were like, we just feel like doing this. So here no, we go. They, over they, here. Some, yeah. You know, well, it wasn't, it was interesting is what Amazon did. It wasn't what Amazon what Amazon did was very smart, but also very evil. Like it's the biggest, I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's the biggest tax fraud in human history, like right. in the world. Nobody even knows about it. Reporters don't care about I was going to say, it. this is an interesting way. I, I haven't heard it framed this way before. Like I remember I that they were doing it, but I was small time person. I was just in marketing. Like I wasn't paying no, attention. No, it's like antitrust. Like it's the worst tax fraud and, and the most expensive tax fraud. We right. actually have a, multi, a multi-billion dollar lawsuit against Amazon in California and the treasurer is behind yes. us because she used to be the head of the tax department who's defending Amazon, the state, the attorney general. It's because yeah. they're trying to cover up the... They wouldn't have, Amazon wouldn't have gone away with it, but for the corruption of the states at a scale that is so... I start to sound like a nutcase a little bit, but it's like, I've got the best tax lawyers in the world who are working yeah. with me and we're all just like mind blown. Yeah. We're all mind blown because like, we would never advise our clients. Like if my client was eBay, if my client was Walmart, I would never advise them to do the things Amazon would do because they would never get away with it. Like it's, it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. illegal. Well, and they got away with it. That's the interesting part about big brand. I think is once you get to a certain spot, you're able to do things that nobody else is really capable or even like, legally able to do which is because for consumers for the little people on the e-commerce side we just have no knowledge of it we are just inexperienced and like uneducated on what's happening on the legal side of things so yeah i love this story let's dive more into this into the next episode because this is just this is so much to tackle i can't even you'll never get through this all day i'm I'm even afraid to go even further (laughs) but we'll do i will do my best i'm so ready for really for just this episode though where can people find you if they want to work with you or find out more about what you're doing so we do a couple of things. We have Raffleson. So I have rafflesonlaw.com or ecom.law, ecom.law. I don't know how to make the web address any easier. ecom.law. That's the easiest way to find my website. And that's if you want to work with us. We even have a legal plan. We've made it so cheap to work with us. We made it $99 a month. Like you could, excuse me, you okay. can call me or one of my associate attorneys and you get real legal advice for like less than three bucks a day after your tax deduction. Yeah, via sellerbasics.com. Sellerbasics.com deal. is, the idea of this is because our number one competitor is LegalZoom and gurus telling you, you don't need a lawyer and can do all this mm-hmm. stuff yourself. And we're like, oh my God, come you on. You should probably get a lawyer. You should probably <laughs> have a lawyer. It's just like when you're forming an LLC, there's actually more, it's, it's more complicated. Yes, I know you can form the LLC yourself and file the form in Wyoming. Yes, we can all do it. That's not what you're actually, that's not what the, the part that helps you though. That's not yeah. the protection part. That you think you're getting. So yeah, we yeah, have sorry. this thing called sellerbasics.com, sellerbasics.com. It's all about, yeah, just helping sellers just get the basics. And before you sell a product like that, you know, it needs to be FDA registered. Maybe you want to ask a lawyer, especially before you spend a lot of money for you to America. If you want to make the claim that your supplement will help your kid get straight A's, like you can ask this if that's a good idea. I'm like, we'll tell you the answer. Oh, this one was great. I'm super, super excited to kind of dive deeper into like what you do specifically for these brands. But this is great. For sure. You bet. Thank you.
Mace is used by customers like Mudwater, Chubbies, and over 500 others who want to stop wasting time and money with repetitive tasks. Mesa lets brands like yours work smarter and balance clever workflows with solid infrastructure. Head to getmesa.com, G-E-T-M-E-S-A.com to start automating your store.